I would like to introduce Marilee Milno. Uh, this is her fourth time on the show, and we're happy to have her. Marilee has been an intuitive certified massage therapist for 36 years and the owner of Healing Art Studio. It was the first of its kind one-stop shop in Sausalito with 11 holistic and medical practitioners. She's a certified quantum healing hypnosis therapist, laughter yoga instructor, and previously she graduated at the top of her class as a certified EMT. She also won two world championships related to body health and athletics. She loves exploring and has healed herself from yellow fever and typhus, from traveling overland in Africa, uh, cancer. She completely healed that naturally. And her 42 years as a researcher kept her on the frontier of little known healing sciences, quantum physics, how to activate our dormant potentials and the big picture view of life. She will be sharing and taking you through a mini practicum tonight of six favorite self-help techniques for healing and integrating all aspects of your health, emotions, and beingness. So without further ado, we have Marilee. Okay, Caleb. Okay, thank you, right. Marilee. Hi, everybody. I hope you had a great holiday season. So thanks for being back to watch this. I really appreciate the time and your dedication. So I had a request from our part three, which was going to be our last part, where I quickly went over some of my favorite healing techniques that I have used successfully, that, I, that my clients have used, many of them successfully. And uh, I didn't have a chance to take you through them. And so there was request uh, that emailed in, could I take you through some of them? So that's what today is about. So I want you to get really comfortable. Um, there will be a few pictures for each of the six ones I described. It will still be somewhat quick, 10 minutes or something like that. Whereas if you did it on your own, once you get used to it, it might be 20 minutes, a half hour. But I want, I learned uh, very experientially and hands-on. So I hope that this will be helpful to you. I'll also try and include a story of um, how I, he healed myself by using the techniques and uh, that kind of thing. So the first one is called quick coherence technique. And I'm going to start off with this because it's literally something you can do if you only have one minute. You can do it in the car. You can do it at work on the toilet. <laughs> quick break. You can do it anytime. It comes out of the HeartMath Institute. Uh, which is heartmath.com. I like to give credit to the different people. And they have done, uh, as I mentioned before in part three, they've done uh, huge amounts of scientific studies on showing the importance of coherence. And I think most of you know what that means. It's the opposite of dissonance. And in this case, coherence means that you are uniting your brain and your heart to work together in communication. And my one of my basic uh, premises for healing is you're going we're, we're working on improving the communication between our body, our heart, our brain and our soul. And when we do that and there's less confusion, literally miracles can happen. Okay, um, I believe miracles are higher laws just applied, but we will talk about that a little bit later. So uh, what I'd like you to do is get comfortable. You might want to quickly get a blanket. You want to be seating. 
with uh, I will give you instructions and just talk through this and as I said this first one is just one to two minutes you can go ahead and show the pictures uh, of what this will look like this was a class I talked to 60 nurses uh, in one to two minute self care and patient care uh, tools uh, at St. Mary's Hospital in San Francisco so this is what you're going to be doing. So uh, what I'd like you to do is just start by taking a very deep breath and exhale slowly. When you exhale longer than your in-breath, it actually begins to change you from your sympathetic fight, flight, or freeze pattern to a more relaxed pattern just by exhaling. One of the breaths I've taught many clients that are in stress and have anxiety is to breathe in for four, hold for four, exhale out for eight, hold for four. So, but right now I just want you to take three deep breaths in and out. And this is going to create a coherent state between your brain and heart based on years and years and years of scientific study. Something as simple as this. It will balance your thoughts and emotions, your energy, give you mental clarity. And remember, I'm, I'm into healing fast, doing things fast, because most of us don't have much time in our lives. So basically, you're going to close your eyes and focus your attention in the area of your heart. You might want to place one hand or both hands on your heart. And what I like to do to notify my body and to make it aware that this is the part of it that I want to bring attention to, I lightly tap on my heart. So just tap a little bit and then just relax, drop your shoulders, just keep a deep breath. And what you're going to do is imagine your breath flowing in and out of your heart or chest area. You're literally breathing in through that area and out a little slower and deeper than usual. Maybe five seconds in and five seconds out. Whatever, whatever rhythm feels comfortable. And the second step is now you are going to make a sincere attempt to experience a regenerative feeling, such as appreciation or care or gratitude for someone or something in your life. And one of the easiest ways to do this is by re-experiencing the feelings you have for someone you love, a pet, a special place, or an accomplishment. Or you can simply focus on a feeling of calm and peace.
All right. And then you're going to open your eyes and just try and maintain that sense. And believe it or not, HeartMath, when they've hooked people up to monitor if their heart and brain isn't trained, just by doing this for one minute or two minutes, it begins to communicate and entrain and be in coherence with each other. The next picture, Brian, is an example of what HeartMath Institute provides uh, for people. And this is one of their handheld devices. I don't get any credit for selling these or I don't sell them, but I have one myself. And it's a great way of teaching you. There's a little beeping thing. Um, they have several different models. They're not expensive. And in six to nine weeks, literally it shows that 50% uh, there's a 50% drop in your fatigue, there's a 46% drop in anxiety, there's a 60% drop in depression, there's a 24% improved focus, a 25% improved ability to listen, and a 30% improved sleep. So this is a tool that is very, very useful for you. You don't need this particular you know device if you don't want to but just know that you can do this quick coherent technique anywhere anytime and don't underestimate the power of that all right so i also mentioned in part three that um i believe i'm pretty sure that the heart receives all information a tenth of a second before the brain and relays it to the brain. And it's also 5,000 times stronger magnetically than the brain and 100 times stronger electrically than the brain. And most of us in our society are very mind-centered. And I love the mind, uh, but I find that the thoughts of the mind are not always that useful. And so once we drop our consciousness into our heart or our belly, where there are actual brain cells, they're enteric brain cells, they're chakras, these are energy centers in our body that feed our glands. If you just drop out of your head by taking a breath and exhaling down into your heart in your stomach region, that in itself will do an amazing rebalancing of um, cohering the whole body. So you will be in less stress. So that is one technique that is very, very useful. So now I'm going to go, many of you have heard of this, to Ho'oponopono. And uh, I briefly described this in part three too, but I would like to reiterate it. I came to five mantras, five sayings. This is Dr. Hugh Lin uh, that he is showing you. And uh, I took his training his class, and he is a very understated man who I believe dealt with a lot of depression in his life. And he has done this religiously uh, for, I think, uh, at least 30, 40 years. And it is a form of uh, literally cleaning and clearing energy. And I want to share again his story. But first, I would like to uh, say a quote about him defining this process. Ho'oponopono was an ancient Hawaiian way of family counseling and they simplified it 
into where you say four mantras. I have added a fifth mantra. So here are the four mantras. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me and thank you. As I said, I had those same four, um, but after I'm sorry, I added I trust you. And this will get into uh Talking with the body, which I'll explain, is a very important one that I would like you to add if you would be willing to. So his description of Ho'oponopono means, quote, this is a way for the memories replaying thoughts, fears, judgments, and stories to be transmuted to our original state of void or zero. In other words, nullified by love, capital L. His website, zero-wise, means a state of being pure love, thought-free, and in the present. The Ho'oponopono cleaning process allows direct contact with divine wisdom, love, and inspiration that already is within each of us. When the memory is converted to zero by divinity, in both the conscious and the subconscious mind and the soul, it is converted to zero in all other conscious and subconscious minds, end of quote. So when you use this technique on yourself, you literally are cleaning and clearing for everyone. And I would like to tell a brief story from memory. I believe I remember it correctly, but Dr. Hugh Lin was approached by a Hawaii State Hospital uh, Correctional Institute, a special ward that had, I believe, something like 30 very heavy duty, uh, chemically, you know, challenged, very violent inmates, for lack of a better term. And he had been approached, I believe, and invited three separate years if he would come and be the director because of his reputation for turning people around and just having what one would think is miracles when they don't understand that we are all connected. So he finally agreed and he walked in and he was shown his desk and the 30 files with the pictures of the inmates were shown. And this was an institute where they couldn't keep directors, they couldn't keep employees because everyone was scared to death. They'd be walking down the hallways with their back against, you know, there were lots of fights. The inmates were in chains, a lot of issues. And the man, uh, the assistant said, which one would you like to see first? And I believe Dr. Hugh Lin said, I don't plan on seeing any of them, which was quite shocking because um, he basically, what he did was just by saying two of the four mantras, I'm sorry, please forgive me. He would look at the pictures and he was very sincere and very practiced at this, understanding that there really truly is no separation. And that one way perhaps of saying it, if I'm correct, is that he, through all space and time, he felt that he was also co-responsible for these be people, beings being like this. So what was wonderful and quite miraculous is I think he ended up meeting two of them and eventually got to know them. But within a very short time, they were out of chains. They began to get off their meds. And I believe after a year, there was only one inmate still using some uh, simple meds and basically everyone was set free and healed. So do not underestimate the power of this. 
I also would like to give you an example of me healing skin cancer using it. So um, I will kind of give a rendition of uh, quickly of the story and how I use and I have kind of bossy commander energy. So I'm not the kind to get on knees and pray, but if that is your style, it all works. So um, when I have uh, done healing, and I will explain my theory about that. Uh, it's pretty direct and commandery and very straightforward to my higher self because my higher self, the part of me that's uh, connected to source and me is um, my job is how I see it is to create a laser beam of communication uh, because the higher self is operating many different aspects of you, so to speak, in different dimensions and different time frames. And it kind of, my sense is it kind of, you know, is waiting for you to give it based on free will, a clear thing of what you really want. And what often when we actually do this with no conflicting thought, here's the trick, no stories, no conflicting thought, it's amazing how quickly it will manifest. Um, they'll go ahead, they, meaning you, your higher self, it's all the same, will go ahead and make that happen in many situations, um, providing you are not blocking it for some reason, which is why we are teaching these techniques. And the last technique called the work will particularly help you, which I will, we will do at the end, will be a longer version to help you find those blocks and undo them. So my story is basically, you know, I was very, very busy and skin cancer popped up here. And I went to the dermatologist and it was growing fast and I just went and had it cut out. And uh, a week later, it appeared in the exact spot on my right side of my face. So um, because of my training, and that I look at the body as communicating with me and everything is a metaphor of everything else, I, I stopped in my tracks and I said, okay, so this is a very simple version of how I talk to the body. And unbeknownst to me, I was using the Ho'oponopono principles um, with an addition of I trust you because I absolutely am... I found out it was rare, but a lot of people that I've worked with, almost everyone is scared of their body or has never even considered body whispering, which is my specialty and what I'm going to be teaching a lot this year. And it's amazing, like everything in the world is relationships and everything is based on communications. And um, <coughs> when you and your body get on track with each other, it is phenomenal what can happen. We'll discuss that in a minute. So I want to stay on the skin cancer. So basically I went to the mirror and I looked at myself and I said, body, you have this in my face. So I'm here to look at it. And I know I haven't been eating as healthy for you because I know better. And I know that I've been running around and been very busy and haven't honored you that much. And I know that you are trying to tell me that this is how to do it. So I'm so sorry. Okay. Again, using Ho'oponopono without knowing, I said, I'm so sorry. And uh, I said, please forgive me. I know you do. My, my experience with the body is it is not judgmental like we are. And I will explain that in a minute. Uh, so I said, please forgive me. 
And then I said, I basically, you know that I 100% trust you. And I know you know what to do to completely heal this now. Do it. I love you and thank you, thank you, thank you. And in three days it was gone. Wow. Okay. So I'm going through these very fast, but that's literally like what took me three minutes, but it's all about sincerity. And I will say that the advantage I have had, if I look at it as an advantage, is that I've done so much research and I'm such a kind of like a um, unlimited thinker that my left brain, that part, even though I'm extremely analytical, that part that doubts and questions and, and believes and <laughs> that things take a lot of time to get healthy, um, is more on board with my right brain that's going, hey, why not? So they're not in huge conflict. And when we have the voices in our head that are in huge conflict, that's what creates a lot of disease, which is a dissonance in the body and your soul and your brain. So I, um, that's the story there. So, uh, and that's an example of dissonance on your left of, you know, not body whispering, being scared of the body, ignoring it, denial, and not even knowing you can communicate with it, which we'll be discussing next. And successful body whispering. <coughs> Do you have lozenges? No? no. Successful body whispering where you um, basically create a coherence of frequency in your body. That's just a... Uh, a uh, description of that. So let me talk to you about my love, which is the third one I'm going to introduce, which is body whispering, which I've done for 18 years. And this came after reading Dr. Michael Newton's extraordinary books, uh, started in 2000, Journey of Souls and Destiny of Souls. And Dr. Michael Newton, I believe he lives in LA. He's a hypnotherapist, uh, somewhat traditional, and as far as I understand, very skeptic, did not really uh, think about reincarnation, did not think of any of these things. So what he ended up writing these best-selling books, I think they sold 500,000 or a million copies each. And to me, I had an epiphany when reading this. Even though I've always researched things like this, I had an epiphany because there were, there were many, many things. I highly recommend the book the books, but the two things stuck out at me that I had not known or heard anywhere else. I believe he wrote the book based on something like, at least I think it was several thousand of his uh, sessions in hypnotherapy where people, people basically um, were reporting the exact same thing. And one of the things they were reporting is when they crossed over to the other side, what people think is death, which actually doesn't exist. Um, remember, I've interviewed over 600 people who clinically died and came back to life. Didn't matter what their religious affiliation or not, they often reported similar things. So the two things that I found particularly interesting, especially for what I call old souls, is they said, as soon as they left their body and were transitioning, they said, shoot, 
I had a hard time meshing with my body entity. That was an epiphany for me. It had never occurred to me that the body was a separate entity. Then through all the research I've done and his work and Dolores Cannon's work, um, it is really common and we don't have time to get into this where you actually on the other side choose body types for each reincarnation, choose challenges, step into them holographically and all of this stuff. And so the job, what is the job of the body? The job of the body from a soul perspective is you pair up together so to speak, the body intelligence that is doing over a million functions a second without your conscious help. And then your soul comes in and embodies it. And to me, my whole body whispering principle is based on learning the first thing, which is to be a good roommate. And one of the first things I do when I put my hands on people or meet them is I introduce... <laughs> I introduce myself to the body and it's very, I'm very playful. And I look at the body as almost like a wise child. And I say, and I didn't say this out loud for quite a long time. And now I don't really even care because it's ended up being fairly accurate. So I put my hands on my body and go, hi, I'm Marilyn. And I'm so happy to know you. How are you doing with your person? So I'm actually addressing the body on how it's doing with its soul. And it is so fascinating. The You don't have to be psychic to do this. Uh, you just have to be playful. Kids are really good at doing this. Whatever impressions you get, you might hear, you might sense, you might feel. Even with new clients um, is very, very, very interesting. And sometimes I get the word we. It's almost like the cells are talking. 80% of the time they say, can you get our person to drink more water? <laughs> it's hard for us to do our job. So that's something that is really important to know. Most people are incredibly dehydrated and it struggles with its job. In two cases, which was somewhat scary with my clients, they it actually said to me, what person? Ooh. That's how disconnected these people were. In both these cases, they had abuse abuse past abuse issues and they were top scholars. So they hung out in their head a lot. Wow. And um, I've... There's so much to say about this, but I'm just trying to tell you kind of what I experimented with after reading Michael Newton's book that people aren't connecting with their body entity. So if you just consider the thought of treating it like a roommate. And I have a story, if I may. Yes. <clears throat> Besides the fact that I have doctors and health practitioners that are constantly telling me to drink more water, mm -hmm. which I am now doing. When I was in England last fall, I was sitting one night in the home of my very psychic friend who all of a sudden all these beings were coming in with all these messages. And my mother was one of them and said, you must drink more water. <laughs> You're having problems with your legs. There and you said, go. Oh, sure. There you go. So I am now having problems with my legs <laughs> and I'm drinking more water. There you uh, go. And, yeah. and it helps to have the right kind of water. Oh. And Anyway, there's so many fun stories about this body whispering. It is not difficult. Again, you do not have to be psychic. You have to be willing, open, and playful and respectful. I have I developed an acronym that I call CARE, C-A-R-E, and I labeled it Compassionate Attention with Responsible Encouragement. And that's how I like to treat the body. And it's not about being perfect. The body doesn't expect you to be perfect. 
I've done a lot of deals with the money. <laughs> I've done, thank God. And, you know, I have stories that would bring you to tears. I mean, stories that would bring you to tears that are just so amazing. But do drink water. His work, Michael Newton's work said, we struggled with meshing with the body entity. And so all these thousands of clients also said, as well as my healer friends, because I double check everything that I learn, said this is going to be quite um, controversial, that the soul claims the body as it does the family and where it's going to live and all that. But the soul itself does not begin to even fully enter the body until three months fetus, because they all said that's the earliest the brain is developed enough to begin to have a conversation with it. Hmm. Okay. And depending on, um, uh, you know, how, how many lifetimes you've had, how you feel about the body, how you died in past lives about the body is going to be how adept you are. Uh, I have been blessed. Um, my sister, who's incredibly intuitive, said, Marilee, you just always were naturally in your body, totally comfortable with your body and kind of unconditionally love it, which I do. And I believe my theory, I have no way of proving this, is in my case, in successive incarnations, I choose the same body type and entity. So it's very familiar with me. And um, I feel, you know, the stages is you're, we're going to start you being a good roommate with it, which is basically a little communication, okay, and appreciation. And I'm talking two minutes every three days, and it's amazing what what you'll create, especially if you start drinking water, because it can't do its work. So it never says, at least what I pick up, because you're interpreting frequencies into an English language, is it never says, yes, I hate my person, and they're, you know, slobs and are taking care of me. I never hear that. I hear the person say that about their body over and over and over again. I have never found the body that judgmental. I have found the people exceptionally judgmental about the body. So, in fact, I will show you two quick stories on this um let me ask you are they are they being judgmental about like beating themselves up because we're not taking care of our bodies well what's or they're blaming the body it's a great question <clears throat> a lot of people are terrified of the body because they don't realize how conscious it is the the second is they have been trained in cultures to not be good enough and not like their body the, th the third is a lot of people are out of body. This gets into depending on what archetypes you are. Warriors, if I ask warriors, how are you doing with your body? They're like, we're a team. <laughs> you know, or ask the body how it's doing with it. They're like, it's okay. Works is pretty hard, but we're a team. You know, if I ask scholars, they're kind of like, basically, when you look at them, their heads are way out in front of their bodies you know and so it depends on what you're coming in and what you're learning and what you need in this lifetime but we all need health and that's why i want to introduce body whispering to the public because it's so fun and it's so simple 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 and it really works i can't tell you how many times it's worked uh the body told me two things that brought me to tears one was it says, because I'm obviously not a perfect eater or anything, and I have studied health and holistic health for a long time. So I know exactly what I, you know, what I need to do, even though everybody's individual and the body will work with you. 
it will work with you, especially if you start appreciating it. Okay, it's like anything else. If you go to war on the body, we have war on the body in our culture. If you go to war with it, how do you think it's going to feel? So my point is your body never gets a vacation. Your heart can never stop beating. It doesn't get a raise. It doesn't hardly ever get positive thoughts from you about it. So my point is, what relationship would stay with you that long under those abusive circumstances? Okay, so it is incredibly forgiving. So that is what Ho'oponopono is about, right? It's about the four mantras. I'm sorry for whatever. You know, I'm sorry for not feeding you right. I'm sorry that I haven't like paid attention. I'm sorry that I haven't told you how much I like you. Some people can't get to the love part yet. I'm sorry that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you go, please forgive me, which I have found the bodies do over and over unless they begin to lose trust in you. But they do because again, their job, their job with your soul is to keep you alive until you finish your mission here. For your soul's purpose. I have been around people dying a lot and the body is still repairing itself at the point of death for a lot of these people. That's how committed it is. Okay. So we need to start connecting it. The whole ascension concept and stuff like that is not about checking out, which people do because they don't want to feel their feelings and they do not know the power of the body there are different in, we can teach the body like we can children and like we can our pets by treating it more consciously it becomes more intelligent and it works with you in an amazing way this was the epiphany i had when these thousands of people said i could never fully mesh with my body entity now especially if they're et hybrids if they haven't been on earth for a long time they're not going to like the earth body it's really dense Okay, warriors do pretty well with it, uh, athletes, stuff like that. But otherwise, it's pretty limited to most spirits. But my passion is how we can up-level it and create it to be less limited. And I've been blessed with many healings. I use my, myself and my body as a guinea pig. It's a good sport about that. So um, the other thing it showed me when I was eating in kind of a, a, a period where I wasn't eating very healthy for a while and I was kind of ignoring it, too busy doing other things. It showed me this picture, which did bring me to tears. It said I was in the massage, my massage room, and it said, OK, see the windows over there? And I said, yes. It said those windows are open. And this this room is an example of me. The body was talking. And we can never leave this room. And I went, okay. And it said, and a garbage truck comes three times a day and dumps garbage into this room. And our job is to try and survive and keep you alive. Wow. That's what it told me. So it's, it's really, 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 really fun. And one of the things I do... Um, is I just wake up every morning and I go, mm, 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 mm. and I go, you're the best, you're the best, you're the best. I love you, I love you, I love you. And I can feel the whole body wake up. So I really look forward to 
to sharing that with those that are interested because I have used it in so many cases in, in healing. I do want to mention quantum healing hypnosis therapy. You can go to my website. I have a free PDF of eight pages, which will answer every question. That is from Dolores Cannon that I trained with her, DoloresCannon.com. And she spent 50 years creating a hypnotherapy technique. That's Dolores Cannon, the founder, who recently crossed over uh, at the end of last year. And this is a client of mine in one of my rooms. It's a very profound technique. And quantum healing hypnosis therapy also centers with direct access to your higher self for immediate physical healing. And I have a fascinating story about that uh, to tell you, which is really fun. Um, trying to see what we have time for. Um, I got to tell you really quick. Okay, so excuse me if I talk really fast. So this is when I was training with Dolores in Arkansas. And my very first time, uh, I was sent with, with another partner and we were training being hypnotherapist and the one being hypnotized. So I was the hypnotherapist to her. And she was very direct and she also ended up being very psychic. I found it's very important to have clear communication when you talk to your higher self when you ask them, because I'm asking the questions in hypnosis for maximum healing for this person. And I absolutely know healing can take place. There's no doubt in my mind because I've done it with myself. So um, in this case, the, the woman said, I want uh, for my knee to be completely healed. And I said, what's the problem? She says, left over from a surgery, I have 20 screws, a plate, and some little piece of rope that shows up in and an x-ray or something and she I said so what's your goal and she said my goal is by my college reunion that I could walk free of pain I asked very pointed questions okay so we're going to jump to the very end of her session her session when I'm addressing her higher self and bringing the highest part of her in I basically said so as you know this person let's call her Adrian I said this person would like her knee healed and the higher self came in very and said, we've already discussed that with her. <laughs> and I went, whoa. And I said, uh, okay. Now, I was a newbie and this was not in the script. <laughs> so wow. I basically said, well, I quickly scanned and I went, oh, she had a session the night before and did not tell me oh. with someone else. So I, um, she, I said, okay. So I said to the higher self, as you know, I'm a different person. And did she have another session last night? They go, yes. And what was, if you would be so kind, what was the specific question she asked of you? It said she asked if she could be free of discomfort. <laughs> See the difference in that question versus completely healed. Mm -hmm. And we said, yes, you can. So I'm asking, and I said, well, I said, this is a different now time. And as you know, in your sense of no time and no space, I, uh, she has asked for complete healing. And not only that, is we request that the screws and um, the plate and whatever's left in there be completely dissolved. I mean, how are you going to do that? And it said, waiting, waiting like this. That was not in the script. So I'm like going, geez. And, what happened was they were actually waiting until herself aligned with believing that was possible. <laughs> okay. 
And that took like three or four minutes. And then they said, okay, we can do that. There's enough coherence. There was enough alignment. She was pretty unlimited thinker, but she's, you know, to, most people wouldn't think this is possible to have something like that disappear until you look at your body under an electron microscope and you understand you're mostly space. That's a whole nother subject. <laughs> so basically I said, so um, are you using the higher light technologies to do this? They said, we're going to melt it. And I immediately thought in my head, oh my gosh, that's going to be so toxic to the liver, you know, to melt this metal and stuff. They read my mind and they said, yes, it is, which is why we're going to take, um, what did they say? Nine months and two days. <laughs> and I said, okay. So I said, so how will she know at the end that it's completely gone? And they said, have her go take an MRI and she will continue to be free of discomfort. Next question. <laughs> so that was my first experience in this wow. session. And I learned a lot, but I am using this as an example because start getting no nonsense. Okay, you don't have to get on your knees for anything. The, I don't believe the source wants supplicants. It wants you to honor your co-creatorness with it and begin to envision things coming online and potentialities that are your birthright. All right, and, and start practicing the coherence to at least allow the possibility of that happening because it's very, very exciting. So... Um, I was going to take you through sensation awareness practice, but I'm going to do it with the last one because this one will be about five or 10 minutes. And this one I'm literally going to be taking you through, which is Byron Katie's four inquiries, the works and the turnarounds. So I want you to get comfortable and I want you to close your eyes and I'm going to describe a little bit about it. And then I'm literally going to talk you through it. This, as I told you in part three, I had visited her personally while she was doing a demonstration on an audience of about 100 people. And she asked who was in really need of help. And this woman raised her hand and went running up to the stage. And she said, I literally am going to kill my husband. I am so angry. You can't believe what happened. And she started talking, talking. In 45 minutes, by doing what's called the work she was a changed woman. And this is Byron Katie. And Byron Katie's story really quickly was evidently she was a rageaholic. I'm not sure she was an alcoholic, but she was a mess. And her family or whatever sent her to a clinic. And in the clinic, she actually was on the floor under a bed. I believe she saw a spider was the last thing she knew. And she literally went into God consciousness, almost like Eckhart Tolle's epiphany. And she came out of it with these four questions that completely turn any emotional issue, any anger, any aggression, any stuff around. So it is wonderful, wonderful. I just told a new client of mine about this who was getting close to divorce and she wrote me back and she said, you saved my marriage. And I go, I didn't save it. And she said, this work is very powerful. So I, I'd really like to end with this as an example and take the time to take you through it a little faster than you would do on your own. So it's called thework.com, that's her site. So basically the four questions are, is it true? So say, and I will give you an example. So you have a particular thought about somebody or an emotion. First question is, is it true? 
The second is, can I really know that it's true? The third is, what do I get when I hold that belief? And the fourth is, who or what would I be without that belief? All right. So as I mentioned before, Eckhart Tolle's definition of suffering is emotion plus the story you keep telling yourself about it. It's the story you tell yourself about it that creates the suffering, not the emotion. With If you just notice the emotion and feel it without judging it, it begins to dissipate. So the rules of practicing this technique are several, and I'm going to read it. This is right off her website, and then we're go I'm going to guide you through. But the rules are you leave any statement that you're going to choose out that begins with but, because, or and. You'll have several negative judgments about one person. So think of someone while I'm talking that you have maybe a negative thought about. You will, on your own, take each judgment separately through this self-inquiry process. And this work is a form of meditation. It's about awareness. It's not about trying to change your mind. And it's not about trying to change anybody else's actions or mind. So you let the your mind ask the question and then you let go and you just contemplate it and you wait for the deeper answers to surface. So again, the four questions are, is it true? And the answer will be yes or no. So the second one is, can you absolutely know that it's true? And I don't want to give it away, but the answer will always be no. Because unless you have the overall source perspective of seeing everything and the big picture, you cannot absolutely know that your feeling is true about some or right or wrong regarding somebody else. And third is, how do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? And the fourth is, what would you be without that thought? All right. So we're going to use a statement all together. I'm going to use the statement and you fill it in with the name of the person that you're thinking of. So-and-so should understand me. Okay. So that could be Mary, Paul, whatever. So I want you to sit and perhaps close your eyes and take a big breath and exhale. And this is the example for the practicum we're going to use. And I'll just use the name Mary. Mary should understand me. So ask yourself, is it true? Is it true that he or she should understand you? Be still and wait for the heart's response. Now I will be moving you along a little faster. Just stay in the zone a little bit if you can. I'll be moving you on faster. When I first did this, to this first question, is it true for me, my ego would come in and go, yes, it is true. So it depends on what you get. Now we're gonna to go to the second. 
can you absolutely know that Mary or Paul should understand you? Ultimately, can you really know what he or she should or should not understand about you? Can you absolutely know what is in his or her best interest to understand? Do you access the entire big picture that clearly? So can you absolutely know that it's true that Mary or Paul or whoever should understand you? The third one, just stay in the zone in your heart, is how do you react? What happens when you believe the thought that he or she should understand me and they don't? Do you experience anger, stress, or frustration? How do you treat him or her by thinking that thought? Do you give him or her the look? Do you try and change him or her in any way? How do these reactions feel inside you, inside your body? Notice the locations of the feelings, the tension, the stress. How do you treat yourself? Does this thought bring stress or peace into your life? Be still as you listen as the answers arise for you. And we're moving on to the fourth question, the last question, which is who would you be without that thought? Picture yourself in the presence of this person in this situation. Imagine looking at the person for just a moment without the thought, you should understand me. Being and looking at the person without that thought, what do you see or feel or sense? What would your life look like without that thought? What would it look like if you let go of it? How would it feel? Now, the last part of this is called the turnarounds to help you turn a thought that your ego or your mind or your control is convinced of. These turnarounds can are statements to the self, to another person, or to the opposite. And I will give you an example. One is you replace all you's with me. So Mary should understand me would be, I should understand me. This is how you take responsibility for being a creator. We project onto others and our projections are perceptions. So instead of Mary should understand me or Paul should understand me, I should understand me. 
an example of to the other would be, I should understand Mary. And to the opposite would be, Mary should not understand me. That's not a foregone conclusion. So when you do this and go to her website, uh, the work, you can do this more slowly. And what you will find is within a very short period of time, if you are willing to take responsibility for co-creating, all the ease and the stress will leave your body. And by just taking responsibility and redirecting it by, again, towards you, without blame. This is not about blame or guilt, okay? This is really important. Uh, this technique is, is about welcoming all your thoughts and experiences with open arms as it shows you where you are still at war with reality. All right? So if you feel any resistance to a thought, the work is not done when you can honestly look forward to experiences that you have felt uncomfortable, confrontations, arguments, you will discover there is nothing any longer to fear in life, and you will see everything as a gift that can bring you self-realization. This is a very, very powerful moving out of the victim consciousness we talked about in parts one through three and taking co-responsibility at least personal responsibility but for co-creating reality and being willing always realizing even though it's hard at times that there is a choice of how you want to look at it so this is a very beautiful um, technique so that's more or less the last of the six and on my website super soul solutions i also have the 12 attitudinal healing principles, which are incredibly useful. I, uh, it's a little after 10, so you will find the 12 principles by Dr. Jerry and Jampolsky and Diane Cercioni that have over 33 centers around the world. And those are transformative. They and also um, movers and shakers in the spiritual community, uh, like Marianne Williamson, were all students of the Course in Miracles. And I would like to end uh, Judy and uh, Bill Whitson, who are dear friends and publishers of the Course in Miracles, I would like to end with a few quotes from the Course in Miracles, because if you can allow this to seep in as a possibility of shifting your viewpoint of reality, you can have instantaneous healings it's all about your belief system, your programming, and what you believe is possible. So I would like to end with the Course in Miracles quotes. The first one was what helped me turn cancer around, one of the major belief systems. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Therein lies the peace of God. There is no order of difficulty in miracles. One is not harder or bigger than another. They are all the same. All expressions of love are maximal. 
miracles are natural. When they do not occur, something has gone wrong. Miracles are both beginnings and endings, and so they alter the temporal order, time. They are always affirmations of rebirth. They undo the past in the present now, and thus release the future. Miracles are maximum expressions of love. The shift in expression from fear to love and forgiveness is the key. Thank you very much for your time. And it was quite an honor to be here. Please feel free to contact me at merely at supersoulsolutions.com or my website supersoulsolutions.com. I will be more than happy to answer any questions you have if you need greater clarity. And I'm honored for your presence. And thank you so much. You're Joanne. very welcome. Thank you. That was really powerful.